0: Here we go. My name's Todd. This is Gabby. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 549. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, we're going to ask each other some questions. Um I got this from the New York Times. This is a thing that, it's a, it's a little it's old. old. Yeah, it's really old. But it's 36 questions so, on how to, what? It,
1: well, it's 36 questions. That um, lead
0: to love. Yeah,
1: it's from the Modern Love um, uh, column. And Modern Love has kind of been... Is
0: there a song called Modern Love?
1: There is by David Bowie, but that's not what this is about. This is about um, the fact that Modern Love has this column and there it was actually made into a Netflix show.
0: They show made Netflix. a TV show out of a column? Correct. That's weird.
1: I know, but they did. But we're not talking about that either. We're just gonna talk about um this it's called the thirty-six questions that lead to love. So I'm gonna first I'm gonna start with you. Um you got this because you were doing this in the tribe that doesn't make sense to me
0: yeah we created uh it was a rapport building exercise that we did at the beginning okay and we paired off into twos and we asked each other these questions
1: so why did you ask questions that lead to love
0: because we want to love each other.
1: Well, I know. Like, I know you guys are friends, but why did you choose this instead of something more? Did you just find the questions to yeah. be...
0: Well, it was just, you know, deep questions. some of them are actually pretty, sh- not shallow, but surfacey. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah, we just kind of thought it was um, a fun way to start the weekend. Got it.
1: Okay. And then, um, so that happened. And then you said you used it with your CLG, too, yeah, right?
0: Yeah, right. We did that. We did an exercise uh, on that as well. So. Which
1: is Todd's training that he's going through. And then... The reason that Todd brought this up as an idea and that I thought it might be a good idea is right now during um, this pandemic that we're in, You know, you read a lot of articles that say things like divorce rates are sky high Mm -hmm. and, you know, that all these couples are getting divorced. Um, And while there is some truth to the fact that I think people are having a better understanding of their own mortality, they're also having a better understanding that life is uncertain. And so there might be people who are like, "Okay, this relationship that I've been in is no longer working for me. Right. I think that's real. But I also think the reason that they are skyrocketing in certain months is that you couldn't go get a divorce. No, And now it's like, okay, we've been waiting on this paperwork. We've been waiting on to be able to see our lawyer, whatever it may be. And so sometimes the stats don't really relay what's happening. Does that make sense? It does. And and I would also like to say, because we have to play both sides, not play both sides, but because we have to see both sides, is that there's also a lot of people who have decided to get married because of the pandemic, Mm -hmm. meaning they're like, life's too short. Let's be together. Or, you know, just reading about people doing their wedding and having a drive-in kind of situation, like where people just drive in with their cars and watch them get married. Right. And, you know, other unique ways of, of, you know, bringing, creating a family and um, or starting a family through marriage. And I don't think that it's all negative news. I think that we talked about last week, negativity bias. And I think that's kind of the clickbait, but I think there's some people who are really ready to jump into relationship too. But sometimes before you do that, it's nice to have some understanding of the person that you're going to marry. Yes. Like Todd and I are watching The Americans. I don't know if you guys ever. We're a little
0: a little late to the party. Yeah, we're late to the Americans party. You
1: guys are like, Yeah, season seven was like last year, and we're on season two. But like there was a scene season three, sweetie. Season three now. But there was a scene last night where two of the characters who are kind of married, it's kind of a long story, but they're married, are discussing having kids. And the guy's like, oh, Clark's like, I really don't want to do that. And Martha's like, I really do. And Mm -hmm. Todd and I kept saying, how have you not discussed this? And again, it's a TV show, which is, you know, it's the drama factor. But it just brings up that point of sometimes we end up with someone and we haven't even discussed the real basic parts of our lives and what we want right so this is kind of fun so i think we've probably discussed all these things in some form of another but maybe not i don't
0: think so no oh, yeah there's 36 questions so the invitation is if uh, one idea why i thought this would be fun is because i just listened to a friend of mine's podcast and he talked a little bit about himself and i'm like well that might i don't know if we just want to sit here and talk about ourselves on the podcast we've been doing that for 10 years so instead we just are using these thirty six questions and we're gonna ask each other anywhere between five and ten and we're just gonna riff. We have no idea where we're about to go. But if this is interesting to you and you wanna tight kind of like what Kathy's talking about, tighter connection with your partner, maybe this is kind of a fun exercise to do. And you could do it with it doesn't have to be a romantic love. It could be a friend, it could be a kid, it could be an aunt, it could be a brother. Sibling. Yeah, it doesn't really matter.
1: And just so you can find it, it was in the New York Times. It's called The 36 Questions That Lead to Love um, by Daniel Jones. It was in January of 2015. So it's been a few years. Um, But there's also something that I know our family loves are those books of questions Mm. or those cards, The the
0: the if
1: books. And also we have like these dinner cards that we pull sometimes and just kind of
0: just a fun way of doing it.
1: I think kids love that stuff. For sure. It's and, less
0: preachy. and
1: Yeah. And it gives them a chance to talk about themselves. And sometimes they're not always as interested in hearing about all of our stories. But to ask them a question for them to really consider, like, what kind of music do you like? Yeah. Or what, they enjoy it. so. Yeah. You know this time that we're spending all this time together, you might want to get creative with the questions we ask each other. Before
0: we jump in, uh-huh. I want to say that we have a Zen Talk this Thursday, mm-hmm. twelve o'clock. Love to see you. Uh-huh. We just did Zen Talk number ninety. Wow! And this is what we talked about: we talked about nudity.
1: Uh-huh. You know.
0: One of the moms said, hey, my kids are naked and they're touching she was themselves. Just, well, she's and-
1: just wondering about how to to win and how to apply boundaries. Yeah.
0: And then there was another parent that talked about anger. Um, Joe, my buddy Joe, talked about his uh, son is really angry. And then also gaming. So if you're interested, go to um, our uh, website, zenparentingradio.com. Click on Team Zen. First month's free. If you click, uh, use the coupon code FRIEND, F-R-I-E-N-D. We would love to have you. And then um, Tribe Men's Group, Wednesday night. Any men out there that want to have an authentic conversation, go to tribemensgroup.org. All right? right. All right. So first I wanted to play this song, sweetie. This is the song I was thinking of. Oh. What song do you like better, David Bowie or uh, Hall and O's?
1: Well, you and I have a lot of jokes about this song, so it obviously has a place in my heart. But I thought you were talking about David Bowie's Modern Love, because I love the beginning of David Bowie's Modern Love.
0: How does it go? Go ahead and sing it for me.
1: No, no, it's not the words. It's the... the... Go ahead and
0: play it for me with using, using only your mouth.
1: No, thank you. Thanks for the offer, but I'm not going to do that.
0: I'm going to play it right now. Because there's
1: too many sounds. How about uh, Cameron trying to do the, that sound for me? Yeah, that her... was funny. She was trying... So she watches... She just started watching... Don't play it yet. Don't oh, okay. play it yet. Go ahead. And don't play a live version or else it's not going to be the same. It's the
0: official video. It's his official video.
1: Oh, well, then maybe. But hold on. Okay. So for those of you who watch Scandal, so Cameron's just started watching Scandal and in between scenes, it's almost like watching a kid's show because there's only like three minute scenes and then it makes this sound. It goes... Like really fast. And Cameron kept trying to make that sound. <coughs>
0: you like this song? I love it. I did a Palmer. It's not oh, as good as Hall Oats, though.
1: Well, I think it depends on who you're asking. I'm asking me. All right. But don't you love the beginning of that? It kind of makes the same kind of song. It's like... It
0: is cool. David Bowie, Moment of Silence. All right. That wasn't a moment, sweet. Oh, I'm sweetie. sorry, babe. I'm moment sorry. Moment of Silence for David Bowie. Okay. There we go. Um, Okay. Ladies first. You get to ask a question. All right. And there's 36 questions. We're not going to ask we're each other all 36. We're going to get through five
1: tops because I got unpack.
0: Yes, we just got back from a long <laughs> weekend. So you start.
1: Okay, number. I'm doing number 12, which is if you Ooh. could wake up tomorrow having gained any one quality or ability, what would it be?
0: I'm prepared for this one. How come? Because I answered this last time. Oh, I did this with so friends. So what'd you say? Two. Am i Am answering two? Do you have any guesses?
1: Um, you would want to feel more.
0: No. No, it's much more shallow than that.
1: Okay, if you could, okay, let me read it one more time. If you could wake up tomorrow having gained any one quality or ability, what would it be? I don't know what you would say.
0: It would be to be a very good pianist.
1: Oh, yeah, I could have guessed that. And
0: to be a good golfer. I've been golfing since I was seven years old. My first round at Billy Caldwell Golf Course when I was seven, I shot 132 on nine holes. Is that good? It's very bad. Okay. Um, I've improved since then. I no longer shoot 132 on nine holes, but I have never ever broken 90. And I consider myself an average to a slightly above average athlete. And for as much golf as I've played, I should be able to break 90 by now. So like
1: if Tiger Woods was doing the same course, what would he get?
0: Uh, He would shoot in the sixties.
1: Okay. So that's pretty significant.
0: Very significant. Okay. Big, a big valley between what Tiger can do and what I can do. Got it. And then I've been practicing the piano lately. But I would I just want to snap my fingers and be really good at both of them. I would give a lot of money in my bank account, which I have baggage of, and say, here's baggage with. Here's two thousand dollars. I can now shoot scratch. Or oh, I can now play Beethoven. I it. think I would I would do that. Now it wouldn't be as rewarding because of all the hard work. Yeah. But there's a part of me that just wants to be very good at both of those things
1: you want to you want to tickle the ivories
0: tickle the ivories <laughs> and I want to beat my friends at golf and they usually beat me oh so yeah very shallow uh, no, or no, surfacey. No.
1: there's nothing shallow or surfacey. these are things you want to be good at
0: all right are uh, you ready for yours sure would you like to be famous oh, I knew you were gonna ask me this one and if so in what way
1: oh okay I was re- I, I have not gone through these questions and Todd has but when I read that when I go Todd's gonna ask me that one so He's gonna. I think you're asking me this because I struggle with this all the time.
0: It's an it's gonna be an interesting answer.
1: So here's the thing <clears throat> I would like to do work that is meaningful to me in a way that feels authentic. And if I happen to be um, recognized for it, I am all in. But I do not have a desire to do things to just have fame for the hell of it or to be like the way that I'll find success in life is through this. Because I I have spent my life watching E! True Hollywood stories and behind the music and studying, you know, Buddhism and studying what uh, self-awareness and... And I know that there's nothing greater. There, fame does not fill the holes of life.
0: But don't you think that as a 48 year old woman and you became famous, you'd be so much better prepared for that versus if you're 28?
1: Well, and there's some things I'm doing right now, not to, it has nothing to do with fame, but there's steps I'm taking now in life that are very different than what I would have taken 10 years ago. Mm. And not to, not for fame, but because I'm ready to do certain things that, um, I'm, I'm ready to be more of a voice, and whatever comes with that, I'm fine. Sure. Meaning that if I just get to have more opportunity to speak to certain things and have certain opportunities, great. If that comes with some kind of more notoriety, fine. Yeah. But I don't correlate notoriety or fame with more happiness. Yeah. And I think that's why, and why I started by saying um, I want to do my work authentically is that if somebody said to me, I'm just going to hand you a book. you're going to say is yours or i'm going to make you i'm going to just make you famous because all of a sudden your instagram goes viral Mm -hmm. i i have no interest because i don't i especially at this age how do you uphold something like that but if i'm just being myself doing what i love like my um my role models are women who have figured out who figured out a way to do the things I love to do, and also have a family and a life, and they have some notoriety.
0: Would you care to throw some names out there uh, of who, who you would like to model yourself or emulate yourself after?
1: I think the three that I talk about the most with you are Mary Pfeiffer, mm-hmm. who wrote um, A Reviving Ophelia, and a bunch of other books that I love. Um, you know, Letters to a Young Therapist, and I've read everything she's written. She writes about middle age a lot now. Um, I also talk a lot about Danny Shapiro. I talk a lot about Cheryl Strayed. And again, I know Cheryl Strayed has had her share of fame because of her book and her movie. And so it's not that I want their lives. Mm-hmm. But what I have found is that they have been able to maintain their what they love to do. And they're like, if you guys like this, fine. But I'm not going to be like, wait, now... Now I'm going to go this way so more people like me. Yeah. Does that and that's kind of always been the reason I knew you'd ask me. Is Todd and I for ten years have been talking about that with this show? Is sometimes we're given opportunities to go a certain direction. If you just do this, you might get more fame. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not that's not us. Right. We don't want to do that. And so, but I'm really happy today doing this show. Right. So if more comes, great. But if we stay here, great does that make sense? It does. It, but I so it's like you said
0: one though. You said Mary Oliver. I think you No,
1: I said all three of them. I oh, said Danny Shapiro, Danny Shapiro, Cheryl Stray, You only talked and Mary about you Pfeiffer. only talked about Mary Oliver, but that's no, okay. Not Mary Oliver. That's oh. a that's a poet. Oh. Mary Pfeiffer Mary is, Pfeiffer. Yeah. Sorry. Mary Oliver has passed away. Oh. Yes.
0: She was a poet. Yes. Yes. She just passed away recently.
1: Yes, like a year ago, I think.
0: Um quick sidebar before you ask me the next sure. question. Um this is gonna. This is a, a different podcast for you and I because we're just kind of asking each other questions. If you're new to the show, you're like, why are these two people asking each other questions? And you want like parenting discussion? Tune into one of the other 548 podcasts. <laughs> or I it just, might
1: come up on this one. Who knows? Oh, yeah.
0: Who knows? But anyways, I just felt the need. I probably should have shared that at the beginning.
1: Yes. Okay. So number 16 is what I'm going to ask you. What do you value most in a friendship?
0: Um, hmm. Loyalty, Um, vulnerability, connection is what results from vulnerability. Um,
1: So the first one you said was loyalty. So what does that mean? uh,
0: Somebody's going to have your back. What does that mean? Somebody's going to help you when you need help. Um, Somebody who wants to play. I like play.
1: Uh huh. You like to laugh?
0: I like to laugh. I like to play. I like to play more than laugh. I like laughing, but I'd rather go play a game. Oh, okay. Than laugh. I, yeah. I like playing games.
1: What if you can play and laugh?
0: Well, I do. <laughs> but actually, I'm trying to think of when I'm in, uh, like playing basketball or playing pickleball or playing something like that. Um, I'm kind of competitive and serious. So there's not much laughing that goes on there, but I really feel alive. So this is a different question. But yes. Uh, loyalty, vulnerability, and whatever the third thing I said was. Oh, play. A connection. Yeah. Well, connection, connection is what results a, from yeah. it. I think the question is connection. Like, how do you, how would you like to be connected to a good friend? So yeah. And you know, authenticity. I mean, I can go on with a b- whole bunch of adjectives, but those are the ones that pop to me.
1: Pop to you. Yeah pop in your mind. Yeah. Um, I have a funny thing to tell you. On your earphones yeah. there's like they're falling apart. Yeah. And so there's like a piece of earphone hanging off and it looks like an earring. Well that's maybe, it right there. Maybe I'll put it oh, Oops
0: ouch. Maybe I'll put it in an earring.
1: You're you're missing it. Go forward. Go forward. There it is. You're you're there it is.
0: This is great yeah, podcast.
1: There it is. Oh, I
0: just ripped off a big piece. Well,
1: that's because it was hanging from your huh. ear, and I was having a hard time focusing on you.
0: You are focusing on my ear I and I was not focusing
1: my, on that... My, we're,
0: my eyes are up here, sweetie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we need new earphones. Okay.
0: <clears throat> um, okay. When was the last time you sang to yourself?
1: Like two minutes ago? When
0: was the last time you sang to someone else?
1: I was just singing in the car to everybody. But you had your earphones in.
0: Uh Yeah. I sing
1: all the time. Yeah. And when I say that, don't get impressed because it's not like I have a great voice, but I just sing. I
0: think you have a great voice.
1: I sing my, I sing sentences. I sing, it's how, it's part of how I communicate with my children because they better respond when I sing to them in like a, please bring stuff in
0: from the car, please. That's a good, that's a good parenting technique. When you are like (laughs) sick of getting mad at your kids (laughs) Try singing. I'm serious. Yes. It just lightens the mood. Well,
1: it does. And when they tell me stuff, I'll be like, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Like there, everything is, life is sing-songy and dancey and fun. Yeah. I like to play as well, but my play looks different than your play because I don't need to play a game. I don't need to sit down and play Life what or are you, Monopoly or Beanbags. what are you playing? Or Beanbags. Then
0: what are you playing?
1: I'm playing with my voice, which through song. No,
0: that's called singing.
1: And I'm dancing-
0: and you also like to play by reading your magazine on the chair.
1: I do, even but though. But
0: that's called reading. Todd, it's when's not the playing? last time
1: you saw me reading a magazine? I think it's, it's an been outdated thing.
0: Outdated Kathyism.
1: Maybe it is that I like, I because really, truthfully, think about the last like five games we played. I have been there.
0: Uh, which games have we played? Well, Beanbags. We played Beanbags played last beanbags, week. We played
1: Beanbags. And then we also just played Scategories. Scategories. Over the weekend. Uh,
0: I lost. I was in fifth, fifth place.
1: You had some bad ones. You won. I did because that is like, I play a lot of word cookies. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking about words a lot. A lot of words. I love words, but it's also my love language. Okay, your turn. Okay.
0: (coughs) You okay? Yeah. Everything okay over there?
1: What roles do love and affection play in your life? I love that question because it's so. It's yeah, I don't even know what the hell that means. What roles do love and affection play in your life? How do the how do you incorporate those into your life, or what do they mean to you?
0: Uh, first thing that comes to mind is love languages, and you are the most important person in my life aside oh, from you. myself. So, love and affection, like, how do I communicate in your love language? How do I ask for my own love language? Affection seems like physical touch to me in the world of love languages. Um, I it's funny. I actually love physical touch. Me too. Um, but I feel like I don't ask for it enough.
1: You sometimes you ask me to scratch your back, but rarely.
0: Like that's like that. That's kind of the old, I don't. I know you're not gonna touch my feet.
1: Right? No, thanks. <laughs> I love you though.
0: Um, no thanks. So yeah, I'll have you scratch my back, or I'll ask if you scratch my back every now and again. But it really feels good. But yeah. I feel like you know I'm I'm kind of getting in this world where. If you want something, ask for it. That doesn't mean you're going to get it, right? But I'm trying to teach myself and my daughters: if you want something, ask for it. Mm-hmm. That doesn't, and and you have to be okay with whatever the answer is going to be. Mm-hmm. But for me, I feel like I need to ask for more physical touch from you.
1: I'm pretty huggy, though. I feel like I'm like
0: touching you, you huggy, and I'm a
1: hand holder. All and the I love,
0: yeah, we we're good hand holders. We're good huggers. Mm-hmm. I think. I think the hug is underrated.
1: It is, but what—that's what, that's what I, I would ask. Like you're like, I need to ask more, but I'm pretty touchy-feely. So because it's my words is my love language, but physical touch is like. I feel second. like a
0: hug is a um, not exchange is a wrong word, but it's mutual. Whereas when you're scratching my back, that's like. I don't have to do anything other than just to have it feel good. Mm -hmm. So I'm more thinking about like the selfish touch. Got it. You know what I mean?
1: Like a massage or something. But yeah, Mm -hmm.
0: but the hug is an underrated, and what's the the stat? Like we all need like whatever, 10 hugs a day to survive.
1: We used to talk about parenting. We used to talk about that all the time on the show is I think it was something like that. Like the statistic is that if we get like 5 to 10 hugs a day that we're better off emotionally, spiritually and I really, I incorporated that into my girls' lives when they were really young mm-hmm. like where now I don't even notice it cuz I'm hugging them all the time and when I say I'm hugging them all the time I'm not like hey can I give you a hug I just like go up and hug them and I just go up and like they'll before they walk upstairs I'll give them a hug I'll give them a hug before bed they'll tell me a story and I'll give them a hug like it's become it's like a it's like a habit yeah like just we're very and they're not always asking for it it's just the way we communicate mm-hmm. like that's my way of being like You know, one of them walks in a room and I just kind of put my arms out. Yeah. And I don't know if I do. I definitely hug you a lot, but I don't know if we're, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to know because it's become so, what's the word? Like normal.
0: Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to think like if somebody's listening to this podcast right now, like, yeah, I want to start asking for more foot massages or back rubs or, or scratching my back. I would instead flip that and say to your partner, what can I do? that makes you feel good. You may scratch your back, give you a foot rub, and then you'll most likely be able to get something in return. But just to overtly say, hey, I, <laughs> I'm not asking for what I want, so I want you to start scratching my back. You know, be the change you want to see in the world.
1: So like, for example, cause I like a foot rub and you don't mind it. And I take really good care of my feet. So, so do I. No, you don't. I, well,
0: what, what are you talking about?
1: I really take good care of my so feet. So do I. Okay. and so I
0: Take a shower. <laughs> I put shoes on.
1: So basically when you give me a foot rub, I'll give you a back rub because usually we're watching a show. Mm -hmm. So like 20 minutes for you, 20 minutes for me. The other thing I love is when people comb my hair. Yeah. So Skylar will comb my hair and we used to go back and forth. I would do her hair. She'd do my hair. Now she prefers me to pay her a, a dollar. She's like, I'll just do yours.
0: Yeah, she's in money-making mode And she's like,
1: if you pay me a dollar. And you you guys, that's the best dollar I've ever spent. Yeah. I love to have my hair combed. Mm. And right now... Is it
0: better than a neck massage?
1: It's a different kind of thing. It's like, uh, as my friends and I call it, it's like Spidey's. Mm. It's like where you feel like the... You know, it's like gives you that... Pingling. It's tingling. It's tingling. Yeah. Like I have a very tingly head. Like when things, and I don't mean like Do you want itchy. to talk about how your head <laughs>
0: didn't close up as a newborn?
1: Yes. This is so, this is really funny. I have my cranium. Skull. What's it called? What's that called? They didn't come together.
0: Your skull. Yeah.
1: So I like have a really open top the of my head. The soft spot. Yes, but it's not the soft spot up front. It's in right. the
0: back. Right. We we have a few soft spots. Yeah. We have, you know, I'm just thinking when our kids were little, you'd actually see the soft spot pulse. Right. Do you remember that? Oh my
1: god, totally. And
0: then there's one like kind of at the
1: at the front front, and yeah. then there's
0: one on directly on top of the head. And
1: then mine is like way kind of in the back. Yeah. Like so, if you touch the back of my head, you can tell it didn't come together. Now, I, it's it's never been a problem for me. It's nothing I've ever been embarrassed of. But what I think it's been good for is I think it's why I can feel things. Mm-hmm. Like I really like when someone walks in the room, the top of my head will tingle. Or like when something feels really good or like someone says something, the top of my head will tingle. Like I'll say to, you know, Todd a lot, like, I don't know what just happened, but that was, I felt tingle. And so when someone combs my hair, it's like that feeling. Yeah. And so I think that's what a lot of people get from AMSR and stuff. Yeah. Um, But I've kind of always gotten that. So anyway, top of my head, skull is open. I
0: think it's my turn to ask you. Does that sound right?
1: Uh I asked you what roles do love and affection play in Sweetie,
0: life? if you were able to live to the age of ninety,
1: uh-huh, I hope a- so.
0: And retain either the mind or body oh, okay. of a thirty year old for the last sixty years of your life, which would you want? So basically you have to choose between your mind and your body.
1: Well, I guess my question is, does that mean the other one is gonna be bad? Yeah. It does?
0: So, If you're able to live to the age of 90 and retain either the mind or body of a 30-year-old, so basically you're 30 years old, okay? okay. Pretend you're 30. Okay. And you get to stay, your mind stays as a 30-year-old for the, the last 60 years of your life or your brain or your body does. Okay. And let's just assume the other one goes according to the normal chronological plan.
1: Got it. So this is what I would do. I would keep the mind. Okay. I think
0: most people would.
1: And the body, I would just pay attention. I don't mind aging. You know what I mean? Like normal aging process because you're the same as your your peers. So it's not like I would want a body of a 30-year-old with my peers. Here's the
0: question, though. I feel like we have more control over how healthy our body Correct. is.
1: exactly. And
0: our mind, like, you know, like... There's all these apps on your phone now that you can grab that Like keep your mind sharp I yeah. you do word cookies yeah. and I do whatever backgammon or whatever puzzles. All yeah. That. And I just feel like, our you know, you, you hear the 90 year old ladies that are running marathons. Yeah, like they can do that. I can't do that. But I feel like if you dedicate yourself well enough, you can you have more control.
1: That's what I would do. Like one thing that um I know I will do until I'm not here is yoga. I mm-hmm. do it every day um and that does that's not going to make me like buff or like super, you know, like muscular, but it makes me very flexible and comfortable and I have very stretched out, you know, muscles and I'm comfortable yeah. in my body, which is really all I ever want to be. So and um I just think that that's something that I'll always do so I have yoga but I'd love the the reason it makes me excited to think about keeping the mind of a 30 year old um that long is that means I'd continue to do things and learn things and try things and all. Well
0: that's that. what's interesting like I I you know I don't know how much learning I did in my 20s it was mostly booze and work. Like right. those are the two things I did. Yeah. And apparently our brain starts aging once it turns, you know, like going downhill at pe- 25 And um, it's just weird to think that my brain has been getting whatever, smaller, less intelligent since I was 25 when I feel like I've learned more in the last 15 years than I did the last 15 years. It's just a weird thing.
1: Well, remember, your brain still has neuroplasticity. So it's not as if you are not capable of learning. I think that what they're saying is that at 25 is like peak, it's kind of like saying a 14 year old is at peak powers to have a child, Mm -hmm. but they shouldn't be having a child at 14 or that's not ideal for sure. Um, But that's when maybe the body is most likely to, you know, the statistic of a healthy child would be highest. And at 25, it's probably, that's when everything is shooting on all cylinders, Mm. you know, but it doesn't mean that like at 28, we're not as smart. It, It just means that, Maybe, you know, again, somebody who is like a neurobiologist or someone who knows more about this would probably have the right language for it. Yeah. I don't have the right
0: language. Sure. Okay, your turn.
1: Oh, uh, let's see. Um, I am going to do and this And then after one.
0: that, I'm going to talk about our partners.
1: Okay. Uh, number 27. If you are going to become a close friend with your partner, please share what would be important for him or her to know. So this is about me. If you wanted to be my close friend...
0: Oh, I hope I am.
1: Yes, you are. But it's kind of like pretend we're meeting. What would you want to make sure I knew about you? And well, I'm just going to leave it there. I'm not going to...
0: I would want to make sure that you knew that I was awesome <laughs> and that you're lucky to have me. Great. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know.
1: Well, think about your meeting. Like, let me put more context on this. Like, y- you know, when you you and I met and it was such a different time, we were like 20 years old, but... And you're like, okay, this person might be for me or we might be serious or whatever, but she needs to understand something, some things about me, or there's some things I'd like her to know. First
0: thing that pops to me is like, I'm a good guy. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just a good guy. I'm not the smartest guy out there. I'm not the most intelligent. I'm not the most athletic. I'm not the most empathic, but all around, I'm just kind of a good guy. Yeah. And I try my best. Yeah. I don't know, that's what comes to me.
1: Well, and that's and all the other stuff you said about not being this, not being that. I wouldn't necessarily agree with that, but I totally knew that. Yeah, right away that you were a yeah, good guy. I'm a good and guy. Yeah, you're a good guy.
0: That's it. Um, okay, deep end, sweetie. You ready? All right. Uh, if you could change anything about the way you were raised, what would it be?
1: Um, I think it's you know I guess this could be about my family or it could be more about the time. Um, is the thing that I have dedicated my life to work-wise, has been making sure that people understand the importance of feelings. Mm. And the reason that that has become my life's work is because as a kid, I was super sensitive. Um, and what that looked like for me was that I just had a lot of different feelings. I don't mean I had skin sensitivity or that I had... Because now when we say sensitive, sometimes we talk about a kid who may have some sensory integration mm. issues. That's not what it was. It was more about that I had a lot of feelings about things and I I struggled with paradox because I I knew that paradox existed, but people would be like, are you this or are you this? Yeah. And I was like, but I'm both. And they'd be like, no. There was a lot of- um,
0: Right answers. Right
1: answers, not a lot of gray, a lot of feel happy, You know, just there was
0: happiness is praised. Anything other than that needs to be changed.
1: Exactly, and so I never like got. It was that I didn't think. And again, if it be my family or just society as a whole, school teachers, friends, emotions were not a thing that and and as a very emotional kid or someone who saw a lot of gray and a lot of things that didn't match up and inauthenticity and there were no words for it people just were kind of like deal with it Mm -hmm. and if I could have talked about it more like the way I talk now is what I knew as a kid yeah and I think we all do just
0: now that you have permission and the confidence correct to say that I think it's interesting that you're saying that because, you know, we're letting some parenting lessons seep into this Q&A that you and I are doing, but there's no bad emotions. And I keep on saying that to my daughters. I mean, and what I just said to Skylar was, are you sad? Uh, And I don't know what she said, but because there's nothing wrong with sad, mad, angry, afraid. It's how you, how you channel it or how you express it. That's where we can go to work. But I think it's really important because Most of us like it when our kids are happy. Right. Right?
1: Well, it just takes us off the hook.
0: It takes us we're off like, the hook. Okay,
1: you're happy, so I can focus on me or we can move on from this. I mean, you know, if we really were to say to our kids in the morning, you know, how are you? And they were like, I'm not doing good because of this, because of this, we'd be like, um, I gotta get to work. Mm-hmm. Like, I I can't deal with this. And I think the thing that we don't understand is we don't have to deal necessarily with any of it
0: right it can it be okay okay? that your kid is mad or sad or afraid and um yeah so i think it's a really really important lesson that i continue to try to practice forget Mm -hmm. about me teaching Mm -hmm. just can i practice that when i'm mad is that okay Mm -hmm. when i'm afraid is that okay and
1: when you feel things that are different than maybe what other people are saying like when you really do i mean it's part of the reason i love zen um you know, Zen is really about, it's about self-awareness, but it's also about paradox and understanding that, you know, like we talk about this a lot, you know, like right now with COVID, it's a very scary, uncertain time. There's also a lot of beauty. And can you hold both? I always got a lot of like, because when I was young, I saw, I would see, I would like, meet someone who everyone perceived as difficult. And I would say something like, you know, they're really nice. They have a really interesting, interesting story. And people be like, they're horrible. Mm. Look, did you know what they did? They did this. And I'm like, can they have done that and have a kind heart at the same time? And it's not forgiving either of them. It's not Letting go of one of them. It's part of the reason I have a really hard time with dogma. It's part of the reason that I have a really hard time with the divisiveness of our culture because there's so much gray. I mean, please, like as far as, you know, the people who point fingers and say, you, 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 usually when you do that, it's because it's something you have. Yeah. You know, you're pointing the finger at something you don't like about yourself. And there are obviously exceptions. I always have to say that because people will come back to me and be like, but what about this? And what about this? We I
0: should almost don't. have it as part of our in the intro on the podcast. There's exceptions to everything we're about to say.
1: I want to say to everyone, outliers and exceptions, accepted. Yes, I hear them. I see them. I've lived them. I've watched them. But I if we're going to talk them. about
0: anything, we got to sometimes have the permission to speak in generalities. In
1: generalities. And that's, you know, and, and I just don't, like you said, sometimes someone's listening for the first time, and you can put people off if they think you don't understand the gray. Yeah, You have to talk about all the facets. I mean, no matter who I'm talking... There are probably things I say on the show that people listening make fun of because I say it constantly, mm-hmm. but I do that on purpose because if I just say, only this then you don't understand that I understand. Like when I used to write more, well, I still still write for a living, but I used to blog all the time. And you'd get comments back saying, well, but you didn't consider this. And I want to be like, I did, but I'm also trying to make a point here. And they can both live in unity together, that it's not just one thing. So, again, going back to your question, gray, emotions, sensitivity, paradox. Like there wasn't... Our generation growing up was very, it was a wonderful time to grow up, but that just wasn't something we talked
0: about. I think we just, I just talked about this and then we'll move on. Um, just the, I was born in 1972 Uh and in my teens and twenties, 1972 wasn't that long ago, but whenever you're filling something out on a website and you have to scroll down to to your date of birth. And then I like think about what was going on in the world in 1972. I'm like, holy crap. I'm really, and then I'm really old. And this is something that you and I talked about because we both listened to a Back to the Future rewatchable right, podcast. Right. Yeah. So, so this will blow some people's mind. So Back to the Future came out in 1985. Uh-huh. They went back to 1955, I think. Right. Does that sound right? Yep. 30 years. Yep. If Back to the Future was made today and they went back the same amount of time, uh-huh. they'd be going back to 1990.
1: Which feels like yesterday. Which
0: feels like yesterday. So I just wonder if there was old people like us, and when I say old, like 48-year-olds 48, 48 year in 1985, and they looked back on 1955, like, oh, it wasn't that long ago. Whereas us young people in 1985, were looking back on that like- It's a different era. It's like a different, that's like history book stuff.
1: Well, and they did talk about on that podcast how that really was a distinct era. Yes. Like there was so much that changed in the 50s. But think
0: about how much changes happened between 1990 and 2020. I know. It's a ton. I know. Like the internet. When I
1: think about, yeah, when I think about 1990, uh, and uh, they may, I think they said something to the effect on the show, but it's what I would think about too is, is the music changed. Sure that would be Thank goodness. the defining feature cuz fresh that was beginning of my sophomore year yeah. and that's when nirvana came along so what's
0: interesting sweetie and this is we're all we're going down a rabbit hole here mm-hmm. but you love the 80s mm-hmm. you love the mm-hmm. 80s decade of music I and do. all that bad music
1: well no it's not bad but i love the 80s music yes
0: and i won't accept that and and you're just talking about like the you know whatever the grunge era yes. started in 1990s i loved that too i know you did So I have no point.
1: I was going to say your trip, because here's the thing. I went, this is what can be hard to understand, is like in the 80s, late 80s, I was listening to hair bands and what we called heavy metal at the time, which it's not heavy metal anymore. It's just hair bands. Mm -hmm. I loved hair bands. And for those of you who are like, they're horrible. I don't, it's fine that you think that. Um, Warrant, Poison, Whitesnake, Skid Row. Like I loved these bands. (laughs)
0: What's this, sweetie?
1: This is my favorite. Is it? It's my favorite hairband song. This is "Rat Round and Round.
0: Mill and Burl's in this video.
1: Yeah, it's a really random video.
0: I never liked that song.
1: I know, and I played a lot because it's on a lot of my playlists, and Todd's always like, well, what are you listening to? I even, you know, Billy Squire, he wasn't a hair band, but it was the same kind of sound. And that song was popular in seventh grade. That was like pre... Um, you
0: always talk about the great.
1: Because that's how I remember it. So I know the year. See, the thing is, is if I heard that and I didn't think about the grade, then I would say that was popular in 1989. Mm. But I was a senior in 1989. right? So I know that was early 80s. That was the beginning of hair bands. My point is, is that when we started transitioning, when I was in college, and I brought hair, my roommate Andrea and I laugh about when I showed up in our dorm room and she showed up because she was listening to Jimmy Buffett and I brought Skid Row. Mm -hmm. So we had a funny beginning together. But then when Nirvana showed up and Pearl Jam showed up, I loved that music. Mm-hmm. And I also, in college, was introduced to old music. That's when Van Morrison and Cat Stevens and you know James Taylor yeah. – that was kind of more my dad. But that's when that music became big too. So our tastes evolve. Yeah. But there's a reason why – but I never have disliked – I'm not – It's like denying a part of yourself. It's
0: cool for people to make fun of 80s music. Sure. And, but I don't know where I heard this, but you go to any wedding. Yeah. 80s music is playing.
1: Well, and that's the thing is a lot of it's, we make fun of it, but it's our memories. Mm -hmm. And if I were to like try and be cool and be like, oh yeah, I just like Kurt Cobain and I'm into Soundgarden. Yeah. Then I'm denying a piece of myself that's mm-hmm. real, and my friends in college would call me out anyway because they'd be like, "Kathy, you were listening to this, this, and this, and so were they." Like that—that that anybody, I know that there are people listening to the show right now who are like, "Yes, like White Snake was the greatest, Def Leppard was the greatest. Right. Like that was our life, right? And that was what music was then, but."
0: i'm playing this clip of remember the movie the wrestler with mickey Rourke? oh yeah and this is when him marissa Tomei are at the bar and they're talking about the 80s yes. and the 90s yes i don't even know this.
1: There, it's a rat
0: hell yeah all right come on baby dance with me
1: here <laughs> yeah right here
0: Come on. Uh-uh. Come on. Yeah, I, I've danced and so this Okay, I'll dance for you then. <laughs> okay, to... the
1: 80s, man. Best sh- ever.
0: Uh, put your ass, man. Guns N' Roses, the rules.
1: Crew.
0: Yeah. Crew. Then that Cobain <laughs> had to come around and ruin it all. Huh?
1: Like there's something wrong with wanting to have a good time.
0: You know, I'll tell you something,
1: I hated the f- 90s. <laughs> 90s.
0: In fact, 90s f-ing sucked. That's such a. You're gonna have to
1: bleep out a lot. I'll bleep
0: of that. it. I'll bleep it.
1: But that is so true. Like we didn't even say Motley Crue. You and I still both listen to Motley Crue. Yes. And they and these are like you know it's sad to say this but these are like the bands that are touring together like in groups. Yeah. And you know like I remember I love this band called Firehouse that mm. they were like big and they were like a hair band in the 90s while I was in college. Yeah. That I was like into so. But I don't agree that Kirk Cobain sucked. I loved Kirk Cobain. No,
0: they're talking about their own experience of exactly. what was going on. Um, so real quick before, I don't even know whose question it is to, to ask, but I want to talk about uh, two phone numbers for our listeners. If you live in the Chicagoland area and you need a new office because COVID has changed and a lot of people are making home offices, Jeremy Craft, he's a bald headed beauty. Give him a call 630-956-1800. Um,
1: Can I say something about that? Sure. He made my office that I use for my clients and also writing, and he made our podcast office, he and did. they're both beautiful.
0: Um, and then our financial advisor, David Serrano. Uh, David's a friend of ours. He um, He's at the conference every year. Uh, I invite anybody who's looking at finding somebody who's smart and trustworthy to manage their money. He manages our money. I trust him wholeheartedly. His phone number is 815-370-3780. He's a good friend. Tell him Todd and Kathy sent you, and then he'll take care of you. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, whose turn is it?
1: Oh, I thought we were done. No.
0: I mean, we can be done.
1: Well, let's just do one more because I'm, I'm feeling a All little... All right.
0: We'll find a good one.
1: Wait. I got to get back on my computer. My computer, we were talking about music for too long. Mm-hmm. Um, can I ask a question while my computer's coming up? Sure. What's your favorite hair band song?
0: Because um, it's
1: probably Crew, right? Kickstart my heart. Probably
0: Kickstart. But is is Bon Jovi part of hair bands
1: A little bit, yeah. I mean, I say a little bit just because I think they've kind of transitioned well through uh, the I'll years. just
0: say actually I'll say Home Sweet Home.
1: Home Sweet Home. So that's crew.
0: Yeah. So And so- I don't necessarily even like Motley Crew, but I like Kickstart and I like Home Sweet Home. Dr. Feel Good? No, I don't like Dr. Feel
1: Good. Um, but uh, you're right. Like Bon Jovi was huge in high school. They just somehow were able to
0: transition. Not the cheesy yeah. 80s hairband. Yeah. Could, probably because they kept playing good music in the 90s.
1: Yeah. Whereas,
0: f- I don't know, insert your own.
1: Warrant couldn't make they, it they,
0: they didn't make it through. <laughs>
1: Get through or poison. Um, okay. But maybe they did. Maybe they're out there. Maybe they're listening and they're mad. Maybe
0: they're not. Okay.
1: So, so I'm, I'm asking you a question. Sure. Number 34. Your house containing everything Mm. you own catches fire. So this is the most important part. After saving your loved ones and your pets, that's our rabbit smokey you have time to safely make one final dash to save any item. What would it be?
0: Well, I would say the videos that I make for our daughters Mm. because I've made a birthday video for each one of them since they were born. But I've now uploaded that to the web, so it's saved. The cloud? The cloud, whatever. The interwebs? It's on Vimeo. Um, So... That would have been my first, but since that's already safe, I would probably just, this is embarrassing to say, but my laptop.
1: Uh, well, I think that's a good answer in that there's a lot of stuff on there.
0: Yeah. And I back up a lot of stuff on whatever kryptonite, but there's something about just losing everything on it. I know as we get older or as technology continues to speed up and become easier to back up, um, It will be less important, but still, like if my laptop just kind of broke, I'd be in trouble Yeah, and I would recover, but, but I'm trying to think of like trophies or pictures. It's all, it's all uploaded on Google photos.
1: I would maybe like your grandma's rocking chair Yeah, or like I would grab monkey, my stuffed animal. Oh, monkey. Yeah. All right. And I might get like, but you're right. Like the pictures don't scare me anymore because we have them. Yeah. So anyway, you can ask me one more and then let's be done.
0: Okay, uh, do you want to go serious or not serious?
1: You get to decide, honey.
0: Mm, that's a little morbid. I'm not going to ask that one. Okay. Share with your partner an embarrassing moment in your life. <laughs> oh, jeez.
1: Um, embarrass- I've had so many um, embarrassing moments. You know, I had an embarrassing moment that kind of that I may have talked about on the show but it really made me think about something I hadn't thought about before when I started working um, it was like my 3rd year of working so I was like 24 25 um, and we were wearing at that time we were wearing suits I worked for a university and did a lot of administrative work for the the people that I were or the men that I worked for let me just say that my my head boss was a woman yeah. but everyone else was a man And I wore suits and nylons and that whole thing. And I remember one time it was kind of warm. So I took my jacket off and I was like helping things in the, in helping manage the meeting. And I remember my boss, the woman boss took me aside and was like, what are you doing? And I was like, what? And she was like, you have your jacket off and, you know, men are looking or you can see through your shirt or I can't even remember what her words were, Mm -hmm. but the, the, the thoughts were, or the, what she was communicating to me is you look inappropriate. Mm. And it was the first, it was my first experience with that there was an expectation of me Mm. in the workplace and that now I was somehow exposed. Like I wasn't even thinking about that because I'm a certain age and those men were like in their forties and fifties. I wouldn't even think, do you know what I mean? I do. And I was mortified
0: at yourself or that you had to even think all about all of this? the above
1: i was mortified that she had to say that to me mm-hmm. and i remember looking down because you know women used to wear these shells mm-hmm. under their um like blazers like yeah. i said it was like a suit skirt yeah. suit and the shells were plenty covered but i i am um, i have a bigger chest than some
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and that's been my whole life i've dealt with that um, and it's not a bad thing necessarily, but sometimes it can get in the way. Sure. Um, and I hadn't even considered that. Mm. And so I was, because I'm thinking I'm in a safe environment. And the reason I think it got, I felt ashamed mm. because the last thing I was thinking was look at me. Right. I was trying to and hide. And what
0: she was saying to you is you're behaving Correct. or you're dressing as if you're trying to gain Get attention.
1: attention. And I'm thinking to myself from, th- they were my parents' age. Mm-hmm. You think I want attention from these people? Yeah. And then I started to think I look like an idiot because I didn't even real Like I remember, I remember so vividly because I remember looking down and I still think, I, I was wearing a shell that had all these like lines through it. It was not see-through, mm-hmm. but she was implying that it was. And- it was I felt ashamed that's all and I it's embarrassment
0: sweetie an unrelated embarrassing moment yes
1: carefully because I'm not sure and and correct me if I'm wrong but I think I see a nipple
0: (laughs) here take a look what is what is (laughs) that (laughs)
1: <laughs> Elaine and I have that, <laughs> I mean, like it wasn't exactly that experience, but where that is not your intention. Yeah. And the worst is it's bad enough that it's embarrassing that you didn't notice something. Right. The worst is when someone is assuming the worst about you, Right. you know what I mean? That they think that was your intention. Sure. It was really yucky.
0: Yeah, I'm sure.
1: It like even bringing it up makes me go yuck. It makes me cover myself up.
0: Yeah, I hear you.
1: Um, but that wasn't the last time. That's kind of my point, is that that was like my first introduction to you need to look a certain way, act a certain way, do a certain thing, or you're trying to blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I think a lot of women who were in the workforce or worked in certain settings can relate.
0: Yeah. And as a guy, I never had to deal with that stuff. And it's just another example of the imbalance.
1: Yes. But anyway, that would be my answer all right and um, and that was fun
0: um, so we 're going to do uh, pop culturing soon, but we 've been kind of busy with it lately we 've done some top five, so we I inv- like
1: the top fives
0: so i, I don 't know i don 't know what the next movie's going to be, but uh, if you haven 't already subscribed to pop culturing, go ahead and do a search for pop culturing on your phone and subscribe to and listen to whatever movie you want us to talk about. And then uh, I also do one-on-one coaching. So if there's any guys out there, uh, first uh, session is free. So go to toddadamscoaching.com. Any parting words?
1: I hope you have a wonderful week. And I know that as we're, things are changing a little bit, at least in the state of Illinois, as far as phase three and COVID, and it's a slow change and we got to be patient. This isn't like from zero to 60 or 60 to zero. This is slow. And we have to be patient with ourselves and patient with, you know, basically this new normal and it, we're in a learning phase. So just try and take a deep breath and let's move through it, it patiently together.
0: There you go. And then we'll see you on uh, Thursday's Zen Talk. Please join us. First month's free. All right. Adios.
1: Thanks for listening, everyone. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And feel free to leave a five-star review on iTunes. It helps people find us. Also subscribe and review our pop culturing podcast, a Gen X viewpoint on movies and TV with an emphasis on personal growth and self-awareness. It's basically the flip side of Zen Parenting Radio. Do you want more Zen parenting? Check out our third podcast, otherwise known as Team Zen. One of our team members described it as an advice column meets group help meets like-minded community. With your $25 subscription, you get two live Zen talks with an opportunity to ask us live questions, plus a Facebook community where you can interact or just listen to like-minded parents. If you can't join us live, you can still access all the Zen talks through the Team Zen podcast
0: app. Zen Parenting Conference 2020 is February 28th and 29th. We'll be discussing sex ed, gender, anxiety, neurodiversity, and healthy relationships. Go to ZenParentingConference.com to get your tickets.
1: Interested in inviting us to speak at your conference or organization? Go to ZenParentingRadio.com and submit a speaker request. And while you're there, check out our upcoming events or you can purchase one of my three books.
0: If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link under the Support Us link on our homepage. It doesn't cost anything to you, but we get a small commission from Amazon. And guys, I have a one-on-one coaching practice. It's called Coaching for Guys. You wanna achieve a better work-life balance or deepen your relationships with loved ones, we can talk in person, phone, FaceTime, you choose. And don't forget about Tribe Men's Group. We have a virtual community from men all over the world. Head on over to tribemensgroup.org or shoot me an email at Todd at ZenParentingRadio.com. It's an opportunity for guys to come together and talk about what really matters. Finally, I want to give a special thanks to our founding partner, Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald head of beauty, and the company he has is Avid. They do painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. Go to avidco.net or give him a call at 630-956-1800. Thanks for all your love and support, and keep on trucking.